There's a decent team. Deco is playing. Deco. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man, for us. <laughs> Deco made his debut. Sheriff yeah. <laughs> Street, North Dublin. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts, and download the OTB Sports app. OTB with Gillette, proud supporters of Movember. Gentlemen, let's move. You ain't shit. I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. My fans can be the harshest critics, you know. And they often are. A wife is often the harshest critic <laughs> of her husband. <laughs> I thought I was invincible. That's what you're, you're trained to believe as a sports person. There was four million people in Ireland who knew much more about managing <laughs> football teams than I did. When it comes to music, I can spoof with the best. Your sporting career is the best time you'll have, and, you know, you have to hang on to it for as long as your life, because everything else is pretty crappy. And this is not lines. Stephen Rochard has never spoken to Jim McGinnis in his life. And this is Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk. John Duggan with you through until five. You can text us five three one zero six or stream in the conversation as well. Listen on News Talk, but also watch us on the digital and social channels for Off the Ball for Periscope on Twitter at Off the Ball YouTube, Facebook, and on the OTB Sports app. This week's Saturday panel, thanks to Gillette, proud sponsors of Movember. Gentlemen, let's mow. The Movember appeal held each November aims to raise awareness around key health issues faced by men, including mental health issues, prostate cancer, testicular cancer as well. Now, participants are being encouraged to grow a moustache or move 60 kilometres during the month of November, with all funds going towards supporting men's health projects. Founded in 2003, Movember has funded over 1,250 men's health projects around the world while encouraging men of all ages to take ownership of their health. According to a recent survey conducted by Empathy Research on behalf of the charity, men account for three in every four deaths by suicide in Ireland, while 60% of respondents say they never or rarely speak about their mental health. The pandemic has also had a notable impact on men's mental health, with 62% of men aged 35 to 44 stating COVID-19 has had an adverse impact on their emotional well-being, increasing to 63% among the 18 to 24 cohort. The study also found only four in every 10 men regularly check for symptoms of testicular cancer, despite it being the most common type of cancer among young men. More information on how members of the public can get involved, along with more fundraising ideas can be found on the Movember website. We're delighted to be joined by Movember ambassadors, Emma Brennan, the Irish Olympian boxer, the Westmeath footballer, Boyd Usaya, and the Limerick curler, Tom Morrissey. Emma, you're in studio with me here. You are growing a moustache for November, I see. Um, I am. It's not coming along uh, as good as I wanted, but yeah, growing a moustache, it's good to be involved in the campaign and um, yeah, I just wish the moustache was a bit, little bit more flamboyant, but <laughs> I still have another. You got a few comments, are you? Yeah, f- not good comments, but like it's, it's all part of the fun of Absolutely, it. Absolutely, um, yeah. As I was saying to you, like you're seeing people walking around town, and um, yeah, it's 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 good. It is. It's a good campaign, and it's great to be part of it. Why did you decide to get involved in it? Um, so they they reached out to me and yeah. asked me to get involved, and like. Not that I was hesitant of it, but like men, we do find it difficult to. So I think the big thing this year is probably mental health. Um, yeah. Because we're coming out of lockdown, and the last year and a half has been hard for absolutely everyone. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the big thing is mental health, and like I think everyone, not not they suffer with mental health, but everyone goes through bad times. Um, and I suppose like if someone could see myself straight off the plane from the Olympics that also went through rough times or maybe a little bit yeah I wouldn't call it depression but like um, had some difficult times along the journey if I can open up about that maybe someone else can and um, it'll help them some way 
Tommy, you also got the moustache going? Um, I didn't start from scratch. I just uh, I'm actually <laughs> doing the, the move for November. Uh, oh, you're doing the 60k. I can grow, I can grow, a, I can grow a mustache, all right. But I think uh, I'd be like Emmett now. It'd take me a bit longer than the four weeks to have a good one. I'd be going around getting a lot of embarrassing comments. I'd say so. I said I'd do the move for 60k instead. And how's that going for you? Um, good. Yeah, um, got started anyway. I'm above the. I think I'm around the 12 kilometer mark at this stage. Um, but yeah, really enjoying it. Um, you know, find it really refreshing. I suppose, especially times where now I'm working from home myself so you know I do it at lunchtime maybe go out for a stroll and stuff and you know it's really good just to get out and I suppose clear the head and you can see how it's really beneficial I suppose in in real life as well if you just kept that practice going um, going forward not only for the month of November. It's always tempting as well when you win All-Irelands to maybe just take the foot off the gas during these winter months. Um, yeah it is sure we're in the middle of the off season and yeah you, you, you want to I suppose enjoy that time and take a break from things as well but you know this, this is such a great cause and it was great to get involved and you know 60 kilometers it's, it sounds like a lot but when you break it down by day by day by day it's, it's definitely achievable and you know it's fun doing when you when you know you when you know you're doing it for a good cause what are you doing every day then um so every day as i say i'm just working away for ernst and young in limerick at the moment so in their tax department so just just um, tipping away at that and then as I say you know trying to take a break but also getting out and tipping away in the gym or you know getting out and getting my few k's done I try and do it every day now and, and stay on top of things and that's really a bit of life at the moment Boy do are you going on the moustache route or the 60k route or both? No kind of kind of both I'm doing the 60k at the moment as well but uh, I'm too I'm too happy with my beard so I don't want to get I don't want to just get rid of it yet but uh yeah, so just moving at the moment, so that's the crack. Sports really helped all three of you around um, focus in life, achievement, overcoming challenges. We all have challenges every single day, folks. Boy, do I suppose your story is uh, unique. You came from Liberia when you were a young lad. You moved to Ireland when you were eight. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I grew up. I didn't really grow up. I grew up in Ireland, but uh, I lived in Liberia for kind of my younger age, all the way up to eight. And, um, yeah, my uncle... Uh, brought me over here to kind of live a new life so um yeah it's been a it's been a challenging and uh you know really really positive as well so um i suppose ireland's my home now and uh especially ga has been such a big part of it too um yeah obviously there's been these challenges but um at the moment it's probably like the big the best challenges ever like you know living in a you know in a you know country like ireland and uh you know, come, coming from where I came from, it's so poor and um, people struggling every day. So I count myself kind of positive in that sense. You came from a war-torn country. When you arrived in Ireland the first time, what was it like? Uh, cold. It's <laughs> 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 yeah, cold. Um, oh, no, it was, uh, it was... It's hard to kind of put in words what yeah. it was like because everything was so fresh and new. Um it was like uh, all I've known, all I knew was living in poor conditions and living in the slums and the dirt. And then moving over here, everything just felt new and brand new. And uh, I suppose it was a culture shock as well. And also, it was, it was just a shock in general. You know, it, was, it took a lot to get used to. But um, as I said, like everything just ended up being positive for me and uh, everything ended up being good as well. And you got involved with GA, with Rosemount in your community there in Westmeath. Yeah, yeah. So um, I suppose I went to primary. I went to primary school in Rosemount, and as I'd say, the lads know in primary school, there's only one sport: is GA, and then obviously a bit of soccer on the side. 
who you've been a fan inside, but uh, yeah, GA was such a huge influence, a huge part of the school. So it's probably the one reason that got me involved in it. And one way to get involved is, you know, to make new friends and to get part of the community and to get involved is the GA. So uh, it made it a, a whole lot easier for me to get involved. And, you know, Rosemount kind of took me on and made me their own as well. School wasn't too easy for you at times, obviously, boy, do. And that's something you've spoken about before. Yeah, well, you know, it was good and it has good and bad bad things as well, you know. Um, you know, like, as kids in Ireland, uh, we'll be brutally honest, you know, and I've definitely gotten that. Um, I've gotten the honest, I've gotten the brutally honest parts and, you know, some of the things that are said aren't nice and you just have to kind of take it on the chin. And, you know, as an eight-year-old kid, it's hard to kind of take and I just had to kind of grow up and face it. But... Um, other than that, no, it's been being as positive as it can. And you know the stick you got, as you detailed, I think, in other interviews when you were, you know, a young lad and uh, kids being out of line of what they said to you. Did that continue during your GA career, into your teenage years, and and into your adult life? Um, you know, it it has and it hasn't. Um, you know, when I'm when I'm playing GA, you know, you get comments. Everyone does. Everyone gets comments, and everyone gets stuff said to them. Um, so I've definitely gotten that. I've definitely gotten comments from the crowd and comments from players as well on the pitch. But, you know, I really just took that as, you know, kind of a driving stone. I didn't really take it as a negative. Um, I definitely got, like, a lot of negative things, but the positive kind of outweighed the negative. So it really didn't really, you know, affect me as much as, you know, people might have thought. And, um, you know, I tried not to let it bother me. And, you know, I tried to focus as much as I could on, you know, what I was doing and what I wanted to achieve. And I used that negative as kind of a driving force to, you know, better myself and to get uh, ahead of them and to try improve a lot more and to, you know, prove them wrong. Mindset, as Boydu speaks about there, Tom, is very important. And I suppose a family and a support network for any young male is, is really important as well. You've got a twin brother, Paddy, I believe, and, and you also have a brother on the uh, inter-county and club team. Yeah, um, yeah, myself, Paddy and Dan, and I, I have a sister as well, Sarah, so she, she kind of gets forgotten about at times. But uh, yeah, so there, there, it is, as you say, um, whether it's in sport or it's in life, you know, your family are going to, as you say, be the people that are nearest to you and support you um, the most. They're, they're with you every step of the way, you know, the good days, but more importantly, they're with you the bad days as well. Um, you know, there's, there's going to be days where, especially in sport, where, you know, you might get dropped, you might be making teams, or, you know, you're going to have moments where you think you're going going to give up um, I suppose the same when you're when you're trying to pursue something in life as well um, and you know you're going to need to lean on your family for for their support and, and they're kind of the ones that keep you going uh, through, through those tough times and this campaign is I think is all about opening up and being not afraid to have those conversations yeah I think so I think that was one of the, the main things why I got involved and um, you know I think there is a lot of, uh, I suppose, awareness about men's mental health, but I think it's just actually maybe, you know, bringing, I suppose, a change maybe, just thinking that you can maybe have an impact that will actually change males' behaviour around it. You know, if you can maybe, the people that are struggling, if you can get them to open up, you know, that's an achievement for me out of this out of this month there. You know, if you're someone and you don't struggle, not everyone does struggle, you know, you might be lucky, but, you know, it's to change the mindset, like, it's okay to go and ask your friend how is he getting on there Joe if you notice something different in him is he he okay and have a chat with him and don't be embarrassed to have those chats with him you know I suppose we do struggle maybe to open up 
as males. But, you know, that for me was kind of the main thing out of, out of this November campaign. Boxing was a thing for you that you grew up in Dublin's inner city, Amish, um, getting involved in. Did you find it gave you a good, real good focus when you were a young lad? Um, yeah, I suppose, like, in, a, in boxing clubs, like... It helps with confidence. It helps with coming out of your skin. I would have been quite a shy kid. Um, probably low self-esteem and wouldn't... I'd be quite introverted as a person and I found that boxing, although it was an, in, an individual sport, you're in a club like full of kids your own age and you're interacting with kids your own age and also all the members of the club and that really did help bring, bring me out of my shell and help massively with my confidence as a kid. And you also uh, went through a bit of a rough time in your 20s. Yeah, like, I suppose, like, my path is probably no different to a lot of young men and women in Ireland. I think, like, the we have a huge screening culture in Ireland. Um, let's be honest about it. Like, it's someone's born, it's a christening, you celebrate, you have a drink, a communion, you have a drink, confirmation, 18, 24, it's a wedding. Alcohol's involved in everything. Um so I was like in my early twenties, um, like up until maybe twenty, twenty one, twenty two, boxing was basically all I done. I was terrible at school, I hated school, um, boxing was my outlet away from school. And then you sort of you're introduced to alcohol, going out, partying. Um for me, boxing just went on the slide and going out, staying out late, coming home early, um, just became the common thing for me week after week and I was, I was going around in circles, yeah. So when did you change direction and said, you know what, I may be doing a bit much of this and I need to get back on the bike when it comes to the, the thing I love, the boxing? Yeah, so I was, at the time, like when I came out of school, it was, um, we were in recession. So, um, like 18, 19, 20, there was no really work. Then I got to 21, 22, things were starting to pick back up a bit. Um, I got a job as an apprentice uh, pipe fitter. Wages were terrible, so that obviously that added to that probably added to how bad I was feeling and the low self esteem because I wasn't earning much money and I was drinking on top of that and um, that probably went on up until I was around twenty four, and I was but still like work wasn't. Um, the demand for work wasn't as high as it was now, so you're in and out work, in and out work, and I was walking over in Amsterdam, I was 24, and I was absolutely smashed. I was just drinking the weekend, like, I was smashed through my own fault. Um, and I was over in Amsterdam, I was like, Jesus, I have to get back to boxing. It's the only thing that makes me happy, it's my outlet. And I knew 2016 Olympics was, it was too close, I wasn't gonna get back and I wasn't gonna, to be honest, I wasn't good enough at the time. So I set a goal to just go back, see how I got on, and try focus on getting to the 2020 Olympics. And how did you keep the discipline to stick at that path? Um, like, I didn't stick to it 100%. So the odd time, I would go back and dabble on a night out, and I'd be out partying, enjoying myself, and then you might be disciplined for another four or five months, and then you like, oh, to hell with this, let's go back out. and. So it took, it did take like a year or two of, it wasn't just like I came back at 24 and like that's it, I'm done with the drink. I still did, did go out and even now I'd still go out, um, probably not as much. Um, so it wasn't just, right, that's it, I'm off and I'll never drink again. I, I did go back to, to drinking. 
So what would your advice be to somebody who might be struggling a little bit and is not opening it up, maybe feels that might be a bit of a weakness, is bottling things up, is just having a hard time? Yeah, I'd say like find something that you enjoy, definitely. Um, so I talked about this last week, like I was in a job that I, it didn't fulfil me. I had no satisfaction in the job that I was in. And like, it wasn't a bad job. It was like, if you're a fully, fully uh, qualified poifer, the wages are quite high and um, the work is good, but it wasn't for me. So, like, if you're in a job that you don't enjoy, I try, I try go off and find something that you do enjoy because ultimately you're spending 40 hours a week doing that, so you might as well enjoy it. And then out of work, again, try have something that is going to pass time and, it, again, it's something that you enjoy and it's something that you get fulfilment from. And that's what I have done. Okay, this is the Saturday panel with the Westmead senior footballer Boyd Usaya, Limerick hurler Tom Morrissey and the Irish Olympian boxer Emma Brennan about the Movember campaign and their sporting journeys. We want to get in touch, 53106, with any questions you might have for our guests. We've got to take a break for the news. We'll be back after that with a lot more chat on the Saturday panel after two. Join us then. The Saturday panel on Off The Ball. Andrew, welcome back to Off the Ball here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through until five. You can text us five three one zero six or tweet us at Off the Ball. We're back with the Saturday panel with Gillette, proud sponsors of Movember. Gentlemen, let's mow. We're chatting to Limerick senior hurler Tom Morrissey, Westmeath senior footballer Boy Dusea, and the Irish Olympian boxer Emmett Brennan about the Movember campaign and their sporting journeys. Movember aiming to raise awareness surrounding key health issues uh, faced by men, including mental health issues, prostate cancer, and testicular cancer. You can listen on News Talk, also watch us on the digital and social channels for Periscope on Twitter, at Off the Ball, YouTube, and on Facebook. We're also streaming on the OTB Sports app. Um, just before the break, we spoke about the mental health campaign, the Movember campaign and the uh, campaign to get moving and we'll touch upon that at the end of the panel again. But uh, Tom, Boydu and Emma, just want to talk about your sporting years for the next while. Tom, you're in uh, Dreamland, I suppose, as Limerick Curlers. Uh, you beat Cork, what, uh, 16 points in the All-Ireland final, back-to-back crowns, never been done in Limerick before. Uh, the game wrapped up by half-time. How did you get to that point where you're so dominant in a final? How many years is that in the making, Tom? Um... It's a lot now, to be honest. Um, yeah, look, as you say, dreamland, definitely. Um, dreaming with our eyes wide open, I suppose you can say, look, we're, we're living exactly the, the dream probably dreamt as growing up as kids. Um, you know, it's 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 absolutely unreal for us as players to be involved and meet, be the lucky bunch of players from Limerick that are, that are doing it at the moment. And, you know, it's great for the people of Limerick as well. You know, before 2018, it was, it was I recognise that we were waiting 45 years for for an All-Ireland title, so to have three and four, um, and as you say, back-to-back um, this time around, you know, it's, it's it's truly special, and yeah, it's 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 unreal. Um, yeah, but I suppose it started when, when we were all young, you know, with clubs and schools, and, you know, probably lucky with that, that we all came together, there's a good crop of us, and, you know, the academy was, there's a bunch of people in Limerick who, who set up the academy for 14s and underage structures in Limerick, um, so that would have been our first involvement with Limerick, and you know, it's, I suppose it's just it's it's just coming to bear fruit now um, with with us with the senior team. How has that academy worked, Tom? Um, I think the the results of the senior team show that it has. I was one of the first years that you know went into it, um, just putting probably getting the proper people and coaches involved, and you know, having proper proper structures for you know for kids coming in that that we had to to train in and and the proper environments, you know, um. I'm a big believer, you know, in our senior setup, but also the academy structure that we came through. You're going to be a product of your environment, and 
I have to say, in Limerick at the moment, you know, they, they do have a, a, an excellent, you know, academy structure for players to grow and develop. And, you know, as I say, it's, it's, it's the senior team is getting the results now from that. I was uh, watching the final with interest at Croke Park because my mother is from Limerick at the New Street in the city there, Tom. And uh, what I was struck by was the precision of the skills. H- how much is that is down to complete repetition all the time under Paul Connerk and uh, knowing the process almost instinctively? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, repetition definitely is the word. You know, it's practice, practice, practice. And, um, you know, it's it's what we do in, when we hit the training field two, three times a week. Um, and I suppose it's just go out and do the same again when it comes to match day. Um, you know, you mentioned Paul's name. Obviously, he's he's the trainer, and you know who, who who's probably got us to the, to that. Who had a huge influence in getting us to to the level we're at at the moment. Um, but yeah, he just he himself, John Kiley, and you know, there's a great team around him as well. Um, you know, and just, yeah, just as you say, just repetition, and we probably just a constant want to improve it as well I think which 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 is important you say it's precise we we're going to analyze that all Ireland final I've no doubt when we when we go back into pre-season and we're, we're going to pick out areas of improvement you know we constantly want that is hunger a hard thing to maintain Tom um I don't think so um to be honest uh, I know while I'm enjoying the off season I there's still can't, can't wait to get back at it um you know so I, de- I definitely don't think it's a problem especially with this group of Limerick players as well. Um, you know, I think Limerick hurling was kind of was in the doldrums for long enough. Um, we know we know what it's like down there winning no silverware. So I don't think we'll be, um, you know, letting up anytime soon. You know, you, we want more. You know, sporting careers are short and you want to get the most out of them while, while you're there. Boy, do how do you maintain hunger? You the, Look, the football championship was a bit strange the last couple of years, but you had, what, two championship games, you had a good win over Leash, and then you're knocked out by Gildare. Is it hard to keep going when you don't have as many games? Yeah, yeah, it's it's tough. It's kind of, it's tough going training and then knowing you're probably going to have only a couple of games in the championship. But, um, you know, we kind of focus, we focus on the league a lot. Like the league is kind of our championship is where we're kind of trying to improve as, as much as we can and trying to get up to like we're unlucky this year in the, in the league like getting um uh getting the teams that we got to play and um we're just unlucky uh going down to division three again but um you know like the league is probably the thing we kind of focus on the most uh, we try to kind of get as much wins up over there and then, then after the league then we can try to focus as much as we can on um on the championship and we we play game by game but it is. It's difficult enough, kind of knowing that you probably will only have a few games, and then, you know, when you get through to championship, then you have the big dogs look forward to, which is Dublin. So it's kind of a lose-lose situation. But um, yeah, we can't play each game at a time. So I saw that photo you boy do lifting the Division Three trophy. What in twenty nineteen was that? Then the most fulfilling day of your career as an intercounty footballer. Um, it was and it wasn't. Um, I said the most fulfilling day was probably um, you know putting on the West Me Drive for the very first time and uh, making my debut. And um, I say that was probably the, the most fulfilling day. And then, you know, like, I know we won the 2000, 2019 league, but um, I definitely want to try and achieve a lot more than that. And I feel like the group we have as well, that like we can achieve a lot more than that as well. We can get up and try win a Division 2 as well, or, you know, do a little bit better in the championship as well. So. Um, you know, it was a fulfilling day. Obviously, it was great, but um, I definitely kind of see ourselves, you know, you know, improving and doing a lot better things as well. Who was the debut against, Boydu? 
it was against Offley. It was against Offley in um, what year was it? Twenty eighteen. Who are you marking? Who was American? Uh, I came on to mark uh, Bernard Allen. Got an absolute trimming. <laughs> <laughs> But it was a great debut, <laughs> Great stuff. How do you, how you find playing cornerback? It's the last line, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, you know, I kind of grew I grew up playing uh, wing-back for the club. And uh, Jack Cooney kind of transformed me into a cornerback. Um, but, uh, no, I like it. You know, it's, um, it's, it's one of those positions that get the least kind of compliments um, and the least rewards as well. You know, if you make a mistake, you're in, pro- in trouble. And if you do something good, you're asked to get back. Uh, so <laughs> you don't really get all the hype on it. But, um, you know, I'm kind of getting used to it. And, you know, I'm proving in that position a lot every every single day. Uh, your former teammate John Egan took to social media from his hospital de- bed this week to tell his followers, boy, do good news and thank his friend and father-in-law Ollie for donating his kidney to him. He even had a lovely message from Seamus Coleman. Great news to hear this week, boy, do. Um, yeah, no, it's, um, uh, Johnny, John, John's a great lad. Uh, he's, he was in Westmead on my first, first, first year and second year. And, uh, you know, all the lads definitely back him and, you know, everyone's there for him. Everyone's messaging him. I actually messaged him earlier today as well, saying well done. And uh, hope everything's well. Um, you know, it's great to see that he's good. And uh, he was a huge loss as well with Westmead. Um, he was one of our key players. And then he had to kind of go off and he couldn't play anymore, but which was kind of big, a big setback for us. But, you know, it's great that his health is in check and, you know, everything's well with him. Would you like to see this football championship changed? Uh, I know the players were behind this league championship structure. Would get seven games a, a year for everybody. Would you prefer the the league to be the championship in the summer and and have more games and meaningful games, boy? Do. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um. You know, I think that's the the key part. Kind of getting more meaningful games, trying to get more games in as well. Uh, which you know, likes of the little the smaller counties don't really get to. Um. But we'll see what happens. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really have much of a say on that. But uh, sure. you know, hopefully, I don't, I don't know. I, w- I won't say too much on that one. But do you find the Leinster Championship a bit frustrating every year because it is hard to beat a Division One team like Dublin? You know. Yeah, it is it's so tough. Um, you know, I said in I said in an interview before, like you know, even when you go out to face against Dublin, um, you're still going to go out and uh, try to win the game and try to, you know get the most out of that game as possible, even though, you know, all the odds are against you. And, you know, it's, it's you know, you everyone thinks you're going to lose and everyone knows you're going to lose. But, you know, we always go out with a positive mind frame and try to put out the best performance and see what happens. That's the way we kind of face against it. But, you know, other than Dublin, the Leinster Championship, every single team in there is equal. Everyone, everyone on the same par. But it's just that last hurdle that is a struggle for everyone. So... You know, we, we all have to try figure it out together, and you know, try break that break that barrier as well. But it, it was quite meaningful, I'm sure, for the panel to win that Division Three title and to lift uh, silverware and to play at Croke Park in the final. Yeah, it was definitely um, it was a it was a stepping stone for that group of lads as well to um, to see what kind of a team we had. It was Jack Cooney's uh, first year, and you know, he achieved something like that. And then, you know, we it, it kind of it. it it brought a little bit of a, you know, a bit of a goal in the county as well. You know, the younger, the younger lads looking up to the likes of us who are winning something. You know, Tom knows all about it. I said there's loads of uh, young lads who look up to 
look up to him and look up to that team and want to achieve what they're achieving. So they try to achieve as much as they can. So that's exactly what we try to do in West League. You know, we don't get all the, you know, we don't have, we don't win too much. So when we win a little bit, you know, it's great to see the younger lads kind of looking at us and then trying to get onto that team and improving and winning stuff as well. Boy, do you say uh, Tom Arcey and Emma Brennan with us on the Saturday panel speaking about the Movember campaign and their sporting journeys at the moment. If you want to text us 53106, you can get in touch with the conversation question for the folks. Emma, I suppose your all Ireland final was Japan, the Olympics you got there this year. And it was something that you can never have taken away from you. You've got the tattoos on your arm, I see. Yeah, I got the tattoo on my arm. So, look, that just represents the journey of getting to the Olympics. Um, I suppose like where the lads have a championship every year. Like we do have national championships, but like Air Mecca is every four years. It's the Olympic Games, so you have such a big build up, and so so much things can go right in them four years, and so much things can go wrong. So when you do grow over the line, it's um, yeah, it's a great achievement, and it's made me feel so proud. It went virally, two hundred and seventy-five thousand views of your interview after the defeat. Yeah. It was an emotional moment. Yeah, it was an emotional moment. So like. Like not many people would have known like the journey up to that and the struggles that I had to get there and then as was this year I've been injured so there's been so much stress to get there but I always believed that if I performed to my best I could um I could pull off a win against the the lad the Uzbek that was fighting but yeah it was just gutting at the time and I think it's the fact that they they literally they interview you twenty seconds after the fight if I had say ten minutes to to regroup it would have been a completely different interview what were the struggles to get there yeah so I've been like I've been injured all this year um, yeah I've been injured since maybe March with shoulders and elbows and then I got a, a rib injury just before and then I didn't know this but I had a bulge disc in my spine as well so I've, <laughs> I've been through the mail and yeah the body just wasn't right and it's you can't put the Olympics off, so you just have to fight through it. Um, like I did, I couldn't spark on up the Olympic Games, which is like, it's like the lads not training before the Gaelic match. It's it's it's, it's like not heard of. You don't you can't go into a fight not have done no sparring, but it was just a situation that I was in, and yeah, yeah, you're just gonna drive on no matter what. You were taking out loans as well, I believe. Yeah, so we took out a loan in 2019. Um, so like you have to win the national championships to to basically be the number one in the country and then go off to continental Olympic qualifiers. So at the time like I wasn't on funding. Um I remember I went to a competition in Ukraine and I'd trained and walked forty five days in a row without any rest and then fought and I was knackered. I was like, Jeez, I can't do this anymore. And then the nationals were coming up, so the only way I could give myself the best opportunity to win them nationals was to quit work and take a loan out and full train, uh, train full time. Could we be doing more to support our athletes in that regard? Um, I think we can do more to support our athletes when they come into the system. So you have to go off and win competitions to get funded. But if the lads are trying to walk full time on top of training full time, they're not in the best, and sorry, the lads and the women, um, they're not in the best position to go off and succeed in in this um, overseas tournaments. You're going to New York tomorrow. Yeah. Are you maybe hoping to turn pro? Um, 
I don't know what I'm going to do, so I'm still injured. Um, this will hopefully be recovered in four weeks. I'm waiting to hear back on if I'm going to be funded next year as an amateur and how much. So that'll ultimately have a big um, that'll have a big say on which route I'm going to go. Um, so I was willing to sacrifice everything, even finances, to get to Tokyo, but now it. Look, I can't do it for free anymore, so I have to look at the best option financially for myself now. You're going to see Jason Quigley out there. He's fighting for the, um, well, he's fighting the WBO middleweight champion, Demetrius Andrade. Yeah, so I've, it's smart because me and Jason, when you come into boxing, you can only, <laughs> the first fights you can have is at 11 years old. And we fought 20 years ago in the first all Does he fight. remember, I wonder? Was, he, <laughs> Did you beat him? Well, I remember because he battled me. Yeah, <laughs> so I can remember that quite well. Yeah, and he, he can remember as well. Like we've, we've talked since and we keep in touch with social media. So I'm in New York, so it would be a shame not to yeah. take the check up to Boston and hopefully see Jason win the world title. Do you know much about the pro game? Um, so my style would be more suited to the programme right. um, so like the way I would describe it is you have running but like an amateur would be like a 100 or 200 metre sprinter whereas a pro is yeah a pro would be like a marathon runner or a 10,000 10, metre runner um, and by nature I'm a little bit slower it takes me a little bit longer to get into the fights like um, typically I will probably lose the first round of most of my fights and then I come back into it in the second and the third round. So I would be more suited to the programme. I'd be more like I have an, an all action style. It's it's entertaining to look at. Um I would be more suited to it, but there's more to the programme than just the boxing. There's the there's the finance side, the management side, the, there's all there's a lot of other stuff that I have to be When you see Katie Taylor, she's done brilliantly out of it now, obviously deserved, but we saw the pain of Rio for her. It's she's never looked back since she turned pro. Yeah, and I suppose like she probably like Kate has done so well for so long, and I'm I'm sure she has gone through adversity in a in a boxing career. But I'm sure that adversity of Rio made her a stronger person and ultimately a better boxer. Um, because yeah, she probably hasn't had that that moment where. Because for years she had everything her own way in terms of results, and now all of a sudden she gets beaten, and she has to probably go back and look at herself a little bit. And that's how you build as a person. It's funny with Japan that a lot of athletes would go home straight away, but the boxers didn't. They stuck together. So you were there when Kelly won gold. Yeah, which for me was brilliant because, um, like, I was knocked out maybe two weeks. I think it was, yeah, I think it was exactly two weeks to the day that Kelly won, and I was quite down for the two weeks. Um, because I was still in that environment of I'm going and looking at people winning and although I was supporting my team, it's still an individual sport and I couldn't get over. It was hard for me to just park my defeat off and move on. But Ke- uh, Kelly's win just gave me such a lift. I Because I've seen Kelly and I've, I've boxed with Kelly at club level from maybe 10 to 12 years ago. And I've seen the dedication that she, that she has put in. So... I was more happy because I've seen her giving up so much and I've seen her doing the extra rep and training, the extra round, the extra bit of running. So I've seen all the sacrifices and the hard work that she puts in and that's what made me so proud. It wasn't it wasn't the fact that she won the Olympic medal, it was the fact that all the hard years of graft and she's went through adversity herself. Um, 
and she's come through with flying colours. So that's what I was more proud of um, as a friend rather than looking at an athlete win. And has done great wonders to the community as well. And yeah, she's a role model and she's so relatable. I think that's why, I think that's why she has such a big um, structure now. Like she's so relatable. She's worked um, in the hospital in St Vincent's and she still goes back and does a little bit there. And it's a working class community, so people do take to that. And she'd never say no to a photo. She's always with the kids in the area, giving them advice. She's at local events. Um, anything she can do to help in the area, she does do. So I think it's just deserved that she's after getting the, the reputation that she has. The Gaelic community as well, Tom, when you drive sometimes as I did from Kerry into Limerick uh, and during the summer I saw the first thing I saw was uh, the green and uh, white flags uh, for the hurlers and what it must have done for the community of Limerick and the people around Ahan and all these places it uh, gave them such pride in, in your achievements Yeah definitely um, you know boy do touch them it there when they when they won their division 3 title you know that you're, you're kind of inspiring the younger generation and you know I think that's what our success has done and you know, it's 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 kind of touched what Emmett has said as well about Ke- Kelly going back to you know the kids in the local community and giving her time to them. You know, I think we try and do plenty of that as well. You know, because while I suppose Limerick hurlers are in the spotlight and doing well, and you know it's probably attractive to be involved with Limerick hurlers. It's a, so it's important to to try and use that with with the younger generation to to get them involved in in GEA um, and probably hurling in particular as well. You know, and and hopefully that that'll you know bear Limerick good in, into the future. Um, but yeah, so it, it, that's that's really it. Like you know, there's a lot of hype and uh, you know happiness around Limerick hurling at the moment, and everyone wants to be involved in it. And it's just trying to, I suppose, maximise um, that influence that we might have with the with the younger kids. And you know, going out to see them with the cups, we got to do it in 2018. We actually haven't got a chance to do it, obviously, with COVID. The last the last two years we won, but it was it was unreal going to your to your local schools and and your local clubs and getting that time time with the kids and so seeing the happiness in their faces and you know you could also see a a, a big uptake in I suppose GA and hurling in particular in, in the clubs with with the number of kids that were you know going down the following year and, and willing to give it a go. Like boy, do you're talking about role models and communities and kids and that I think John Kane was one of yours, wasn't he? Growing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Kane was one of my role models growing up. Um, he can, he, you know, has a former All Star. You know, someone that I've really looked up to, and really like he's a cornerback as well. So I might as well have just copied him. But <laughs> yeah, he was someone that I really looked up to. And uh, yeah, like that word role model has kind of been a big part of you know my sporting career so far. And um, you know, being one of the only black lads to make his senior debut uh, has kind of you know, brought forward my um, thoughts on how, you know, I can help and promote the GAA in a, in a, you know, different light, you know, try to get as many, you know, non-Irish or, you know, black Irish or, you know, different cultures involved in the GAA. And, you know, Ireland is changing so much, you know, the whole structure of Ireland is changing more the loads of people moving here and living here of different races. So, you know, if, you know, if as many people can see me playing the sport and, you know, look up to me and, you know, see me and say they can do that as well, you know, it'll be so key. And that's why I'm kind of hoping that a lot of, you know, different cultures can join the GAA and get involved in, you know, hurling or football, you know. We had uh, Chidozi Ogbenia become the first uh, Republic of Ireland player to be born in Africa. 
to play for the national team it was great the other night against Portugal um, we have a great new multicultural country are there still barriers to be broken down for you Boydou from what you see um, yeah yeah like it's you know it's not easy um, you know I you know I, I've gotten messages off you know young lads you know who are who are so eager to join the sport but you know the things that are stopping them from joining the sport is the negative things that are being said to them and people not wanting them involved in it and people not you know pushing them to go forward in it and I try to you know give them some positive words you know tell them you know just try not to listen to that you know focus on what you want to achieve and try to focus on um you know what you want to, your goal is to play the sport and you know try not to let other people kind of bog you down and um you know i try to make that as positive people but definitely there is definitely barriers um in it and you know it's not easy for someone who's not from that area to come and join a ga club where you know you have families and fathers and you know there's huge history in that club and they might not want this foreign person getting involved but you know in other clubs as well it's definitely changing like like some my club and i know some other clubs as well are definitely changing and are eager to get people involved and trying to get people on board and you know getting them into the community as well so you know it's definitely there's challenges and there's positive in it too there's a bit of both would you say it's on the most part welcoming Sorry, say that again. Would you say on the whole it's welcoming, boy? Do uh, yeah, oh, hundred percent. Yeah, it's, it's so welcoming. Um, I've gotten way more positive feedback, way more than more and more negative ones. Um, you know, it's so positive, and communities all around the place are trying to promote the GA, and the GA are trying to promote it itself. You know, there's a lot they could do more, but it's definitely trying its best, and it's definitely you know getting a lot of people inclusion. They're doing a lot for inclusion in sport and, you know, it's definitely working and hopefully in a few years you'll see a lot more different cultures involved. And it all comes down to education. It all starts in the parents. It all starts in the home, boy, do. I can't hear you. Your microphone's gone. Sorry. Sorry, boy, do. It all starts with education. It all starts with parents and it all starts in the home. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, when when we're when we're all growing up, you know what we learn from our parents, what we learn from home is the way we kind of bring ourselves out and the way we uh, represent ourselves as well. You know, so if you're being if you're at home and you know your parents don't like different cultures, you're going to grow up that way. And you know, I definitely don't blame kids. You know, it's just all about you know learning and what they can uh, what they can learn and and listen to and, you know, hear from other people's stories and really open up their minds, you know, and, and it really does come down from teaching younger kids and they can bring it home as well. So, you know, it's from the parents and from the kids as well. It's an equal, it's an equal setup. And well, for young men, for young adults, boy, do this Movember campaign, what would your advice to be somebody who's maybe struggling at the moment with maybe with their physical health or more importantly, uh, at times, not all the time, but at times their mental health? Yeah, um, you know, mental health is definitely uh, a huge issue and it's definitely it's definitely uh, being looked at at the moment. And, you know, like I, I said it there uh, in one of the papers that, you know, like Ray, who was on our team, um, you know, was suffering from mental health, but none of us knew. And, you know, he came out and talked about it and he was really brave and it was great for him to do that. But, you know, he obviously didn't feel that courage enough to, you know, open up to the team and to you know, talk about it, but, you know, he knows now that we all have his back in and we're all there for him and all that, but, 
you know, the one thing is, you know, trying to get that courage to open up to people and to trust other people that, you know, they have your back as well. And that's a tough thing, but if you can break that barrier and, you know, open up and start talking to people and find the right person to talk to, I think that's really key. Tom, the dressing room, uh, I'd say on the most part, it's a, it's a good sanctuary when you're all together in a, in a Limerick dressing room. And you got your brother there as well, that at times very serious, but I'm sure it's, it's light at other times. And I wouldn't say it's a closed culture. No, definitely not. Um, you know, we're, we're a very close group um, down in Limerick, you know, and maybe the, the success has even brought us closer and, and bonded us more, you know, such such big moments in, in all our lives, you know, and it's the people you share those moments with. You're obviously going to have a bond forever with them. Um, but yeah, I, I'd like to think, you know, we're, we're actually a very good group, I suppose, to, to open up to each other um, and, you know, help each other out. And it, as a boy who says, you know, People probably don't realise it when they're struggling, but like ever, ever, a lot of people have your have your back and will help you if you just reach out. Um, you know, and I know, I know for a fact that if I ever was struggling, and I reach out to any of my Limerick teammates or the group as a whole, like that they that they will be a huge support structure for me as well. Next year, Tom, twenty twenty two, you got Henry Shefflin on the sideline. That'll be a, an interesting uh, addition to the hurling championship. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think the hurling championship at the moment is great. Um, you know, I think there's there's a lot of teams that can win it. Um, you're looking at eight, eight teams that I think can, you know, definitely beat each other on, on any given day. Um, yeah, obviously, Henry Shefflin is, a, you know, he, he is uh, renowned for what he's done on the pitch and what he's done on the sideline for Bally Hale in, in recent years as well. So, look, I'm, I'm sure he's, he's looking forward to, to getting involved with Galway. Um, they're they're always a tough opponent when, when we do face them, but you know there there's plenty other teams out there who we still have to be wary of as well, and I'm sure they'll all love to have a crack off us. So, you know it's 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 embracing that challenge um, that that those teams are going to bring and and looking forward to it and and hopefully up being able to overcome it again next year. When do you get back into it in full vogue? When are you when are yeah. you back into it in earnest then, Tom? Next year. Um, uh, we're just tipping away by ourselves at the moment. We're on no program, so hopefully they'll they'll, they'll let us get, have a break for another few weeks anyway. Um, and I expect it. To, I, I'm not sure even when next season starts. I think games start in February, so I'm sure sometime maybe after Christmas there they might have us in the gym come December. But hopefully we'll get the rest of November anyway that we'll we'll be able to enjoy a bit of downtime and a break from it. Boy, do how are you keeping yourself busy at the moment? Um, yeah, so I'm just working in the gym at the moment, and uh, yeah, so you know, tipping away, uh, working, and you know, I'm living actually I'm living in Galway at the moment as well. So you know, it's, uh, it's kind of a change of scenery from the countryside. So you get to uh, see the sea, boy. Yeah. What's that? You get to see the sea. Uh, I got to, I got to see the sea. Um, yeah, exactly. That's been actually a huge part as well. Going for a dip down here, and uh, and yeah, so the whole everywhere's opening up as well. So. It's getting lively down here, so it's great. And what's the the hopes for Westmead next year? Um, yeah, so our hope is to try to get out, out from Division 3. Uh, you know, we're unlucky to get down, so uh, we're definitely going to try to focus to get out of there and, uh, you know, bring in some new structure into the team as well. And uh, I've met up with Jack as well. He was saying, you know, he has a new kind of background team that he's looking at. So, um yeah, so our, definitely our focus is to get out of uh, Division 3 this year and see how the championship goes. And Emmett, we'll see what New York brings for you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Like, so I actually haven't thrown a punch since the Olympics uh, with the shoulder injury. 
I got it injected on Wednesday so please God all goes well I'll be back punting maybe in four to six weeks um, have a little bit of downtime in New York I would have loved to train over there because it's it has such a, a good history of boxing um, unfortunately I can't um, but yeah look I'm looking forward to it. it'll be a good trip and as I said I'm getting to go up and hopefully look at Jason win a world title which would be magnificent for the country Great to have you in studio. The best luck with the next chapter. Thanks very much. Boy, do and Tom, the best luck, lads, in the championship and enjoy your Christmas. Thanks very much. Uh, Boy, do uh, say uh, Tom Morrissey and Emmett Brennan on the Movember campaign and their sporting journeys. The Saturday panel on Off the Ball.